Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Hello, welcome. Happy New Year. My name is Monica Burton. I am the host of the Trades Work podcast and I'm excited to have Sean Wyatt here with us today to share a little bit about his career path, his life, kind of who he is, and kick off 2023 with us. So welcome, Sean. Thank you. Um, this is our first show of 2023. The show will air on January 1st. So as we're looking at a new year and preparing for lots of new things, we want to hear a little bit about what got you here, what led you to be the business manager at Plumbers Local 3, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, but kind of what your career path looked like. So you and I have talked before about this, but what made you decide... I'm going to join the plumbing trades and I want to do it through a union shop. Well, oddly enough, I never had an ambition to be a plumber. It just so happened that way. I grew up in a very small farm ranch community in Southeast Colorado. My dad had a friend that worked for Rocky Flats as a teamster when they were dismantling Rocky Flats. He, you know, told my dad constantly, he's like, hey, when Sean's ready to move up here, make some real money, have him get a hold of me. Um, I finally decided to take that advice and do it. So I did. Um, At that time, the Teamsters were not hiring at Rocky Fats, but the laborers were. So I went out as a laborer. Didn't even go into the field out there, just took safety classes out there, but had the opportunity to talk to every single trade that was out there. Electrician, sheet metal, plumbers, fire protection, every single trade I got to talk to. And, you know, thought I had the most flexibility and future potential with a plumbing license. Okay. And, you know, obviously at that time they were and still are one of the highest paid skilled trades. So yep. that was a decisive factor as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of electricity. So <laughs> I ruled out electrician fairly quickly. And like I said, just with, uh, you know, with the conversations that I had out there, it just it, it sparked an interest in me. I think public sure. perception of plumbers is someone... Leaned over a toilet with a plunger. <laughs> we will talk about that more too, because I'd like to—I always ask every plumber we interview, "Tell me what you've heard about what people say about plumbers." Right, so, exactly. When you first, how old were you when your dad and his team said, "Hey, come check out, check out the Rocky Flats job"? Well, I hate to admit it, but I was twenty-eight. Okay, it's so interesting because people don't think about all of the trades that have to be there for a dismantle. Right. Construction and deconstruction require Absolutely. a lot of people. So what were you doing before? If you were 28 when you started, what were you up to before? Farm and ranch. That's all I did up to that point. Just worked on different farms and or ranches down there and was a, a cowboy and okay. a tractor jockey. Is your family still down there? Uh, my mother is okay. and my sister. Do they still have the farm? No, they don't. No more farming. Nope. When you chose the plumbing trade, you said there's a perception of plumbing. Tell us a little bit more about, more about that. What are some of the things that you've heard people say when you say, hey, I'm a professional plumber? Well, I think that, you know, when people think of plumbing, they only think of the negative instances that they experience or someone in their family or a friend experiences, mm-hmm. you know, when you have everyone over for Christmas, din- Christmas dinner and the sewer <laughs> backs up, you know, it's it's not a pleasant experience. So it's not. like I said, I think for the most part, public perception of plumbers is someone, you know, with the plunger in their hand. And yep. obviously we address that side of the industry, but, you know, mostly what we do out of Local 3 is commercial plumbing. We do the big buildings. We do healthcare. We do schools, um, office buildings, you know. That's, it's mostly new construction that we do. Obviously yep. there's remodel involved at times, but 
majority of it's new construction. Absolutely. Well, and you and I had a chance to walk a job site several months ago that was a healthcare facility. And every time I walk a job site with one of our business managers in particular, who worked in the field for several years, knows all of the things that are going on, I learned something different. When we were walking through that facility, you were showing me some of the um, plumbing and piping that's necessary for those hospital rooms for either air transfer or any of the things you need for a clean room. Right. Can you talk about that work a little bit? So, you know, healthcare obviously is extremely important. The buildings that they use are extremely important. You're, you know, could be dealing with life or death in any one of those buildings. And, you know, the plumbers start from the very beginning of the project. I mean, you have to get rid of wastewater, rainwater, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff that's got to leave that building at some point. So plumbers are very first on the job. They do the underground. Plumbers don't get a lot of credit because it's just like your heart, you know, it works perfectly or we hope most of the time, right? And Until that's, it doesn't. Yeah. And plumbing is the heartbeat of a building and the majority yep. of it is hidden behind walls. You know, people see fixtures when they go into a building and they just magically work, but you don't get to see everything that goes into those systems to begin with. It's so true. Well, and it's the same thing with anything, right? If I turn my computer on, I expect it to work. I don't care how it works. Right. I just need it to work. Same with my plumbing. Yep. I told you last time we sat down, in the same way that electricity is not your jam, plumbing makes me nervous. Right. If I do something wrong with plumbing, I'm going to do serious damage. So Absolutely. If you're not, you're not going to see me working on any of my own plumbing. Right. I'll call and ask for help. The extent of my knowledge is switching out like a faucet or two and maybe changing my garbage disposal out. But Yeah. I mean, we all have to have clean drinking water, right? So, you yep. know, that's a plumber's work to do that. We want hot water when we take a shower. We sure do. We do that. You know, in healthcare facilities, we do all of the medical gases. So that has to be done correctly. You know, if it's one of your loved ones in the ER who needs oxygen, you don't want Absolutely. that to be cross-connected with the vacuum line. No. Well, and that's something people don't think about, right? Plumbing is water. Right. Well, it's not always water. No. Doing these med gas lines is literally, like you said, it is a life-saving business. If Absolutely. that's done wrong, we have a serious problem. Agreed. How long did you work in the field before you moved into the role that you're in now? Well, so I, you know, obviously started as a first-day apprentice in the field. Um, actually, you know, worked really hard, took in everything that I could when I was in the field. Um, I got to be a foreman on my first job when I was a fourth-year apprentice. That's awesome. After that, I went straight to general foreman. So, you know, personally, I never spent a day as a journeyman in the yep. trade. I didn't know a thing about plumbing when I started, but I did know how to work hard. I knew how to show up every day. And those, as simple as they may seem, those things get noticed by the contractors. They do get noticed. Well, and for people who don't know, it's not normal for an apprentice to be leading job sites. It's no. not normal for an apprentice to be a foreman. So obviously someone saw a pretty significant level of Absolutely. potential there. How much of that really is showing up, being able to lead people, being able to manage. 99% of it. Yeah. You know, and you you have to make the journeyman around you believe, you know, obviously you have to prove to them that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They're just because someone in the office thinks that you have the potential to be a leader doesn't mean that you're just going to get that position. Right. So, you you know, and, and journeymen are not crazy about taking orders from an <laughs> apprentice. So you definitely no, have to know what you're talking about in the field. Yeah, there's no guarantee you're going to walk on that job, job site and automatically have the respect that it takes. No. To run the job site. No. Yep. Um, how long were you a foreman and general foreman? Eesh, putting me on the spot here. I went into the office for the contractor and had been in there for four years. So okay. probably probably around 12 years in the field okay. total. So quite a while. Yeah, it was quite a while. 
and now you're the business manager at Plumbers Local 3. What does that mean for people who say, I don't understand what a business manager is in a labor union? Well, I mean, you run everything that has anything to do with the union. So, you know, the majority of your work is speaking on behalf of your membership, you know, trying to do the right thing for them, making sure they're not getting screwed around on job sites or... Yep. You know, obviously there's controversy between workers even, so you need to get involved in that. Yep. And, you know, it is just running a business. I mean, you know, we supply manpower to our signatory contractors, but it is essentially just running a business. Yep. So, you know, we have to make money at what we do. We have to preserve money. We have to look out for our future. Well, and it's a people business. It is. When people look at the trades, they don't think of it as, oh, like, this is actually a people business. Like, your job's not that different than mine. We just manage different people. Right. And a lot more of them. Yes. You you have far more people than me. <laughs> right. Yes. One of the big roles that you do and some of our other labor leaders do is in the advocacy space. What kind of led you there? Do you like doing that? Is it Was it a comfortable thing for you to do, given, obviously, the relationship skills that you have? I mean, it was new, obviously. So there's, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road, some learning curves. But mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. You know, I mean... Basically, you have so many lives in the palm of your hands that you're trying to make better. Yep. And and we can do that with our voices, you know, especially at the state capitol when it comes to politics. And, you know, all we, we want to try to strengthen the plumbing laws every chance we get an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting. Obviously, you have hundreds of members, members that are plumbers. I have 120 members that are the contractors that your plumbers work for. Right. So that ability for our labor leaders and our partners to work alongside us and alongside our contractors at the Capitol, I mean, that's how we get it done. Absolutely. If we didn't have the employers and the workers doing that together, it makes it a much less compelling case. So I know that it's it's super helpful when I see you or I see Gary or some of your members testifying on different things. It carries a lot more weight than, oh, there's the girl from the trade association. For sure. <laughs> no, and it does. I mean, it's, you know, it, it it's a testament to especially the relationship that we have between our local unions and our contractors. I mean, you know, Gary and I have gone and and spoken all across the country about the relationships that we have here in Colorado because it just isn't, it just doesn't typically happen that way. Well, and it didn't come without work. No. When you guys put in the work, the contractors put in the work, people who were here long before me built those relationships. So I just got to step into good relationships. I really appreciate that. Makes your job a little easier. It makes my job a lot easier. What made you decide to run for the business manager job? Many people don't know that's actually a role you run for. You're elected by your members. What made you think, hey, this is something I'm going to do? Well, so I had a good relationship with our past business manager and he has since, you know, went on to our international union. Um, He had tried for years to get me to come down to the office. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was very happy where I was with my contractor and the role that I was playing in that company, Yep. which I was the field operations manager. So, you know, when, when I ended up leaving that contractor, we had 650 field employees wow. in Colorado. So that was the largest that we had ever been at that time. That's and huge. I just, I enjoyed that role. You know, I'm not going to speak badly about even the incumbent I ran against. I just thought that we needed to take a different direction with Local 3 and and not that his ideas were wrong or you know or anything else i just thought that there were things that we could do in the future that we hadn't done sure. you know probably in the last 15 or 20 years and a lot of that you know being extremely active in the political side yeah which is so important and there's there's some innovation that's required to do that right to be right. willing to say this is how we've done it but maybe it's not the best way to do it. Right. And and I think that there was kind of that perception you know that hey we this is the way that we've always done it and it's working yep. 
but I just felt that we could improve on it. Well, and it's easy to do that with a local like Local 3. It is Local 3 for a reason. Locals are numbered in the order in which they were formed. Yep. Yeah, since 1890. Yeah. Local 3 is one of the longest standing labor unions in the country. It happens is. to be here. Has it always been in Aurora? In Denver okay. is where it started. Yeah. But, be, well, because of Denver taxes, we had to move <laughs> east. So. I understand. I live east because of Denver taxes. Right. So it all works out. Yeah. But we're still known as Denver Plumbers Local 3. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Well, we talked about the innovation that it takes to be a business manager. Tell us about some of the innovation in the industry. You've worked in the industry for several years now. What are some of the coolest kind of advancements you've seen in the plumbing industry? Well, I mean, obviously, just like anything else in our lives, technology has played such a role in the construction trades. Mm -hmm. You know, used to, you got the blueprints that were printed out, you know, you took them in your hand, you went out, you kneeled down on the ground, you laid everything out pulling, you know, dimensions off of column lines and the dirt. And, yep. you know, now that's all done electronically. I mean, you walk around with a little stick and when it beeps, you know, that's where your toilet's going to come up. You're in the your right toilet's spot. Be. Yeah. So just the technology advances are just, they're amazing um, of what's happened. And, and it continues to change daily, you know, even the materials that we use now compared to what we used 23 years ago when I started, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a lot different for sure. It definitely is. Well, and it's expected now. I had the opportunity to go with a team from U.S. Engineering into a high school a couple of weeks ago, and we did a hands-on project that was essentially, here's your structure, your architect can look at it, all the way back to your field team who had to build it without seeing it. Right. And the kids had to draw these blueprints, essentially. And that was the first question we got was, why are we having to draw this? Right. People don't do this anymore. This isn't how it works. And we're like, yeah, we know, but that's yeah. still how the project management process works. Yep, for sure. No, I mean, I just, I think that's the biggest, you know, is just the, the technological advances that have happened through the years. Absolutely. There's definitely been some changes in the last 10 to 15 years. Well, it sounds like, obviously, you've been in the trade a long time. You're leading this enormous group of plumbers. What do you do outside of that? What's your normal weekend look like, Sean? Well, I've got two teenage daughters, um, one 17 and God one's 14. God bless you, me too. Yeah. Um, they're both in competitive softball. So luckily, this time of the year is our two-month downtime for softball. Yep. We don't do much. We've been running hard the rest of the year, so we just sit around and, you know, just hang out mostly. It's nice just to be at home. We don't, it in the is. summer, we're never at home. Yeah. How many trips do you think you make in the summer for your girls' softball? Oh, my gosh. I, I Every weekend. Every weekend. Every yep. weekend. It's crazy. It it's is. It's crazy. And crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. Yeah. Well, so you've my, got one that's close to graduation, right? Yeah, my oldest daughter is a senior this year, so we're you know going through that whole process of getting her through college. She just committed to play softball for Regis University. Congratulations! So we were all pretty that's excited about that. So you know now uh, filling out everything for uh, student aid and you know make all that work. Yep, I know you and I talked about this a little too. In a few years, I mean, when your youngest is getting ready to graduate, like, what do you do? What do we do on Saturday mornings? We don't have kids to schlep all over town. I think I'll just have to become a statistician for some <laughs> local team so I can still be involved. You probably will. I could totally see you doing yeah. that. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it's a very busy life outside the office as well. It is. Well, I have one more question, Sean. I ask everyone this question, and I did not give you time to prepare. Okay. When you were a little kid on the farm, what did you want to be when you grew up? A rancher. Always wanted to be a rancher. That yep. was currently, that was always the plan. It was. Awesome. But unless you're born into that lifestyle, it's pretty hard to make it work these days. 
it is. It's definitely a different world. I have yeah. family that do it as well. So awesome. So that was it. It it wasn't a plumber, but you know, I speak very highly of it now. Here we are. Here we are. We all end up down a different path. This wasn't my intended plan either. I was pre-dental when I went to college, and here I am. So. Yeah, well, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors <laughs> Association, Dental Hygiene. It's all the same. It's right. fine. Exactly. It's fine. Well, thanks for being on today. If folks want to learn more about Local 3 or more about what it takes to get into this trade, where should they go? Uh, PlumbersLocal3.org. Awesome. I can call our office at any time. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for being on and sharing a little bit about your life and career with us. Yep. Thank you. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.